0: and what's up welcome in another edition of gc live friday episode we are of course live from market on maine as we are many fridays during the college football season chris clark here wes mitchell uh, Chris, you missed out on a great meal last week, man, at Market on Main. But we got hooked up today. I want to invite everybody to come out. Um, by the way, the, the Gamecock um, men and women's basketball event is tonight uh, right over there. Yep. Um, so, perfect excuse for you to come by Market on Main. Um, hang out. They have a pep rally, as they do every Friday. And then you can come on back to market Or if you don't make it tonight, come out. If you're not going to the game on Saturday, obviously – we encourage you all to go enjoy some tailgating, enjoy the game, enjoy the fair. But if you're not going to the game, great place to watch this game and other games right above us. Um, luckily, we have a canopy over us, but above our head is the 23-foot LED screen. And um, really, to, by for my money, one of the best places you can watch a, a football game. So we're thankful that Market on Main has us here again. And uh, welcome in again. We're, we're an hour earlier than usual. I even... I'm so used to the 2 o'clock slot. I set the time early, so uh, maybe a little slow with our folks getting in here in the chat room, but uh, hopefully you guys uh, find us and get in here and and see the alert that we are live. If they subscribe to us on YouTube, Chris, they'll get the alert no matter whether I mess it up or not. So hopefully they're subscribed to us on YouTube. Hit the little subscribe button if you're there. This show is brought to you by our good friend Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, clinthammond.com, 803-771-6933. We'll give him some more details about Clint later on because I want to get into some football, Chris. Of course, talking South Carolina versus Vanderbilt, we'll be joined a little bit later on by our good friend, good buddy, Preston Thorne. We uh, we, we spoke to his good friend and uh, business partner, thanks to more earlier this week. We're going have Preston on today to uh, to hang out with us and talk some ball and talk a little bit about the Teacher Appreciation Day for the South Carolina Vandy game as well. Beautiful weather, man. Hopefully this carries over to tomorrow um, for what is clearly South Carolina's best opportunity to this point to get that first, um, I would say elusive to this point, SEC dub during the Shane Beamer era. Yeah, no doubt, man. It is a good opportunity. Vanderbilt, we talked to
1: Chris Lee yesterday at VandySports.com and always has great perspective and, he kind of went into more detail with what we already know, and that is, this is a Vandy team that struggled and scuffled, as we figured would be the case. They've got two wins this season, Wes. None of them in conference. They beat a Colorado State that's really, really Colorado State team that's really, really struggled. And then, of course, as we've dubbed it, or as I've dubbed it, I don't want to put that on you, the Toilet Bowl against UConn. <laughs> they came out on top, last-minute field goal, one by two, a messy game. Two of the worst teams in FBS. UConn, the worst team at FBS, I think 0-6. So, Vandy's got two wins under their belt, South Carolina, West. It must must be said, fair to say. You know, their wins, not super impressive either to date, right? ECU, Troy, EIU, looking for that first conference win. But like you said, a really good opportunity to do it. You know, this is a Vandy team that it is one of the few, I think, games this year that South Carolina is going to be able to go into this contest and have kind of a distinct – Talent advantage, right? I mean, there's not many games, and part of it's because of the schedule and where South Carolina is as a program. Not many games this year where that's going to happen. This is one of them. And so it's an opportunity to capture your fourth overall win, your first conference win. Good opportunity to do it tomorrow.
0: Gamecocks heavily favored, of course. Uh, I haven't seen, may, maybe some of the folks in our chat have followed this stuff more closely than I do. I haven't seen the latest line, but I, I know. Um, you know, it, it was up there, 17, 18, 19. At one point it was 20. So, um, you know, Vegas clearly has not shown a lot of love to South Carolina to this point this year yeah. based on the matchups. But uh, equally, I shouldn't say equally, even more so, they don't love Vandy. And, um, you know, this is certainly a game, I, you know, it was interesting how, you know, Vandy fans, Chris Lee was telling us, maybe even attached themselves to the idea that uh, – Hey, this might be the most winnable game, yeah. As far as ACC play goes, and then you sort of look at it if you know from the Vandy side, and you say you're still almost a three touchdown um, underdog in this game, which you know. I, I want I want this show to be about South Carolina versus Vandy, not necessarily diving back into Vandy and how bad the program is right now. Uh, Bryce weighing in for us: eighteen point five is the line right now. Of course, South Carolina favored. Um, Man, it's – they're in a bad way right now. And we are we're used to Vandy – like, let's go back the last, I don't know, 20 years. Like, that's my college football, like, where I was really dialed in and knew what was going on window there. Um, We're used to – we're used to South Carolina beating Vandy. This is, I think, 12 in a row South Carolina has won. And – but also, we are used to Vandy knocking off a team – every now and then we're used to Vandy giving somebody fits, uh, you know, under James Franklin, uh, they were, you know, in some bowl games. They, they played some really tight games with South Carolina when Steve Spurrier, you know, really in the, in the height of the Spurrier era. Even I remember, uh, Connor Shaw, by the way, congrats to him officially in the hall of fame. As of yesterday, I remember Connor Shaw, you know, in that game got team going into Nashville to open the season. And, uh, having to get a big catch from Justice Cunningham on a uh, on a big drive late uh, you know to to set themselves up to win that game so we're we're used to Vandy not being great but we're also used to Vandy hanging around and being a threat yeah. being a thorn in your side i don't feel like Vandy is at that point right now well you
1: know they're they're not i think in a broad sense you know i think this is a game that some people could look at and, and think of it as being a little bit scary because of South, how South Carolina's played you know you, you compare their resume you know they they've had three wins but there's not really a, a huge quality win in there uh, Did't play well at all against Tennessee didn't play you know did some things against Georgia which is far and away the best team in the country as we've seen and then kind of puttered away an opportunity okay. at Kentucky kept that game close, but had a lot of that was because of the opportunities they were given through turnovers. So their resume isn't great either from that win-loss perspective. You know, so I think that's why it's kind of a scary game for South Carolina and certainly one that you can't afford to lose. But you're right. I mean, you look at Vandy, they're, they're at a talent differential, which I think is telling because South is not one of the most talented teams from top to bottom in the conference this year. Uh, so you've got that, which illustrates where Vandy is. Also got, you know, in terms of scheme and things like that, you got to remember, Wes, go back. Uh, Clark Lee, the guy that he originally appointed to be the offensive coordinator and went through spring with, actually stripped play-calling duties from him.
0: Before the season before even started. The season,
1: before preseason camp. So they went to the preseason camp. They took the guy who was, I think, going to be their quarterback's coach and pass game coordinator, gave him the play-calling duties. Chris Lee from Vandy Sports hit on that yesterday. And a lot of what he said was true, Wes. If you go back and look, like I watched a lot of the Vandy-Florida game, A lot of horizontal passes, things like that. Run game, they're averaging just over three yards a carry. So, just not a lot in the way of threats there. And then special teams, they've struggled too. Now, South Carolina has their own set of struggles that we've, you know, we've documented all those in in every show that we do and all our writings on Gamecock Central. This is still a game that, given, like, South Carolina's low margin of error, they've still got to play. They can't play terribly and win this game. But – you know they do have a good opportunity to win this game.
0: No doubt, man. As I get this set up, you want to intro Preston real quick?
1: Yeah, no doubt. So we had Langston Moore, Preston's uh, business partner, on earlier this week. So host of The Extra Point on 107.5 The Game. What's up, Preston? With our guy, Pearson Fowler, and uh, author, businessman, Former Gamecock, Preston Thorne. What's going on, man? What's up, man? Hey. Right. How y'all doing? Yeah, we're doing well. Thanks for coming out it and joining be out us. we to out here with y'all, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Just talking, uh, diving in a little bit to South Carolina Vandy. Okay. Uh, some of the storylines we've had on had on Langston earlier this week. Give us some big picture thoughts on the Gamecocks, as well as the projects you guys have going on. Um, we had Chris Lee from VandySports.com on earlier this week to preview Vandy. So give us a few opening thoughts before we dive into what you guys are doing. Uh, you and, and uh, Langston and Kev Rocher, give us some opening thoughts on, on the game this weekend.
2: I think it's a big game. Uh, I think it's one of the bigger games. I, I guess I said earlier in the year that the uh, Kentucky game was a big game, and obviously we came up a little bit short. But I think this bandy game is really big yeah. because, I mean, I, I would say, like, us as fans, I mean, we want to see them, you know, explode and put up a bunch of points. But I just think for the guys in the locker room, for them to sort of, have some reassurance that the message is landing with everybody. I think they need to see some success. And like I said earlier, I think we can squarely say that Vanderbilt is not as talented as we are. And so we should go out there and be able to beat them. And I think that would really, really go a long way for the rest
0: of the season. How big is that in a locker room? If you can not just beat a team, but actually control a game, Uh, maybe you're up enough in the fourth quarter that everybody starts to get in there, um, you know, some of the some of the things that I'm sure the, the new staff have been preaching ever since they arrived. And, um, you know, is there is there a point when like you're, you're sort of, I imagine, trying to beat out the outside noise and sort of if you're the staff, you're trying to like stay on topic, stay on uh, brand as far as what you're trying to maybe instill as, as sort of all the buzzwords we hear, right, you know, culture and all that stuff. But but I feel like you're probably constantly fighting this thing of, you know, if you're Beamer, you you know this is a rebuild job. You know you're not going to be as overall talented as a lot of teams in the SEC face. But at the same time, you're trying to instill confidence and positivity and um, let these guys know you believe in them and, you know, you support them. So I, I imagine at this point in the season, man, sitting at three and three, I, I don't want to – I don't know if it's like, as Eric Cameron would say, like an inflection point, but
2: um, – Good you, big word. You, you big know big what word, I mean? Like,
0: uh, it, it feels to me like we're at that point where some of the outside noise is, is a little bit on, on the negative side. Uh, does it break that barrier into the locker room? Um, you know, and, and, I mean, you've been in locker rooms, you know, all your life, man. Uh, what, what do you think's going through the head of the guys? How, like how, how big would that be? to have something positive happen. Yeah,
2: I don't, I'm don't. i not sure you can understate it. Yeah. I'm not sure if you can. I, I mean, it's huge. Because, you know, the coaches are – you have a new coaching staff coming in. They're probably preaching new techniques, new ideas, new buzzwords around the building, new ways that we do things. And for any of the guys that maybe possibly resisted or just kind of like, ah, I don't know about all this stuff, you need to have some results to like hold on to, and it it could be a breakout game. It could be a team a, a game where finally all three phases start working together, and it's just because this allows Coach Beamer and his staff to say like, "I told you, we told y'all this is how this can it can work, this can happen." And um, you know, I think this I don't I, I don't know, man. I don't think you can understand how important this game would be, and that confidence is kind of like a you know a woo-woo word or whatever, but just <laughs> just to win a game, man, and win it convincingly, you can go back and say, man, Coach, all right, Coach might know what he's talking about because we've done all the things he said, and it works.
1: And Langston went into that a little bit earlier this week, talking about the early Lou Holtz days. Uh, they had all these processes they were going through, and Langston even said, well, we're going to win 10 games, you know, and, and then they, they don't win any, you know. But then the next year is when you see it, the stay in the course. Somebody actually was pointing that out of Coastal Carolina to me this week, saying that a lot of the guys down there now have become convinced or they recognize that the the culture, the processes that they put in are a big part of the reason for their success. You know, so, like, as a player, obviously that's what everybody, these coaches, that's what they aspire to. You know, that's what Beamer wants to do. Culture's been huge for him. As a player, like, aside from just winning a game, like, what are the things that – you as a player look for what do you think these players look for to like gain that confidence? It's just kind of out there in the ether, like you said. But aside from just a win,
2: yeah. So to build on what Layson was saying, I was on the I was in the class that came after the whole '11 season, right? Yeah. And so I, I could kind of just see these guys around and like we worked really like crazy hard. And Coach Holtz was like a lunatic in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, just, it's wild, and but. After that first win in New Mexico State, you can see the guys in the locker room like, oh, this is what it feels like. This is how. And then the Georgia game after that, everybody's like, oh, we're going to buy into this lunatic. Whatever he's saying, it's working. We like the way it feels to win a game. We're going to keep that train rolling. So, yeah, man, a win in a game is like, it's just, especially when you're, you know, like you said, it's an inflection point with three and three. There's some guys who. Maybe straddling the fence right now, like, ah, I don't know, man. Uh, I liked it better last time, or I liked it better somewhere else. So, you know, all those kind of normal things that you have with any, when anything gets sort of tough, to get a victory and a little bit of a reprieve from feeling that way Yeah, is huge.
0: Well, I, I looked at the first half of the year, and I looked at Kentucky and Tennessee, and those are the two games that I was like, if you could somehow split them, you know, and that's just looking at it on paper. If you can somehow split them, then you're probably feeling okay about being in a position to get to a bowl game. And, uh, obviously, Tennessee game, completely out of hand in the first quarter. Kentucky game, that, that's the one I, I think everybody's going to be looking back on, maybe even at the end of the season, looking back on and saying it was there. It was there for the taking, couldn't get it. But I, I think, it, you know, if, if a bowl game is even going to continue to be in the conversation, it has to include a W – on the schedule this week because then you're yeah. at four wins missouri i think is is winnable I, not to get too far ahead of ourselves but um but yeah if if, if you're going to have any if you're if we're even going to be talking about bowl games yeah it can't include the first it can't include a loss to vanderbilt and what would be their first sec win since because they didn't win any last year right yeah so uh wow. you know that that, that and know, you know Vandy probably has this game circle. Like th- this is our chance That's the to big to maybe get one. Yeah. one. That's the
2: big one. I don't know how you preach that in the locker room, but it's like, hey guys, we're not gonna have any more chances this year. Um <laughs> I think I think we're gonna I think we need to get this one, man. Uh as a matter of fact, I, I think you, you have some of those old Lou Hose guys kinda tell the story. I think when they lost when they lost the Vanderbilt during that 0 eleven year, oh, that was kind of yeah. when they were like, I don't know if we're gonna be able to get it done this year. So yeah, that's they. So I say that to say they're going to be highly motivated coming into the game. So I think we're better than them, more talented than them, and all of that. But they're going to be motivated to get off the, you know, get off the snide for sure. Tell us, um, I want to get your your impressions on line play, since that's your background.
1: You know, Carolina. What what have you seen defensive line and offensive line wise too? Um, I, I asked Langston earlier this week about Zach Pickens' progression up front, how he's playing, playing with better technique. It looks like to me, but. Obviously, the offensive line on the other side has not played as well. So, what have you seen in the trenches this year for South Carolina? How can they kind of get better in rebound this week?
2: Yeah. So the positive, I think, I think Zach has played really, really well. And I guess for fans, position he plays, he's playing the one technique, or so he kind of gets swallowed up and nobody. So when we hear five star, we kind of expected a lot of big flash yeah. plays and all of those types of things. But I think he's playing really, really well. Um, I mean, I haven't seen any, like, all-22s or anything like that. But just from the TV cops that I see, it looks like he's doing a really good job of anchoring anchoring that defense and the guys are sort of playing around it. Yeah. Um, I guess the flip side of that is the offensive line. And what And I guess from a technical standpoint, I see them uh, – some coaches refer to it like a swinging gate. So instead of staying, like, square – and moving down you'll just see a lot of bodies turning sideways and sort of creating larger gaps for defenses to penetrate and i don't know whether that's a technique thing or whether that's a want to or i don't i'm not sure what that is uh but that's just sort of sort of what i see on on that side and it's, it's sort of interesting because i mean i think they're playing hard it's not a matter of not not playing hard so i just wonder where the disconnect is happening yeah
0: yeah i mean I think we all we all are sort of having that. I think a lot of people that are, are listening or watching probably had that conversation with their friends, like, "Hey, thousand yard rusher last year. What, what, what's up this year?" Yeah. And you know, it's, I think it's it's always going to be a combination of things. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, I I think some some in my opinion has been that to me, Kevin Harris coming in at the beginning of the year didn't quite like, look like himself either. Maybe maybe a couple of those plays last year where a guy went unblocked and he just pounded through. Uh, that maybe those plays haven't happened this year, but I, That's good it, point. you know, I, I look back at last year and I thought the running game, even though Kevin, you know, obviously had a huge year statistically, um, there was a lot of negative plays as well, like a lot of uh, huh. tackles for loss, for, you know, allowed, but then there was a lot of explosive plays as well. So I, I thought a lot of what we saw last year, think of all the long runs uh harris had against old miss against vanderbilt um several teams there. I mean, he's busting off long runs and much faster kid than i even gave him credit for coming in i feel like some of the tackles for loss have like still been there but then the big explosive plays that were balancing them out maybe even hiding them in the stats a little bit last year for the most part have not been there uh certainly to the extent they were last year i will say this man uh Tell me if you agree or disagree. I thought last week against Tennessee, against a pretty, you know, solid average SEC front, that was the first time I saw flashes of South Carolina being able to actually line up, have some success running the football, night up. You know, even against Troy, it was kind of like smoke and mirrors to me. You know, most of the rushing yards was on like two end rounds to Josh Van or uh, these little like swing passes to Juju McDowell, where it's like an extension of your running game. Um, last week was the first time this season, other than, like, EIU, which I don't really count, um, that I thought they lined up and did have some, some success running the football. Um, and I, I know they're hoping you can build off that a little bit this week against a, a Vandy team that hasn't been great defensively either.
2: So, that's what I just said on the radio. I've heard people say that about Tennessee. But I, I can't say that because I was, like, in shock after the 28 nothing. You know, I was like okay. – I was like freaking. Out. I was like, "What are we doing? What's going on?" You know, what I'm so. I couldn't even really watch the game critically after that point. You were just blinded. Yeah, I was fight. like, uh. <laughs> "Like, let's, can we?" One of my friends said, "Like, can we hit the reset button on this?" Just, you know, this is right. when you take the PlayStation for sure and just yeah, just yank it. it out, there. Yeah. You scold me, Let's start it over again. Um, but a lot of people have said that, and I, and I think that's that is a positive thing, and I think that it, as you was talking, I had the flash of. Kevin Harris had a run last year against Vanderbilt. I don't think he got touched. It was like a, and it was like a tall sweep, and he just kept running. And no, there was nobody there, so I hope to see a little bit more of that. But <laughs> uh, yeah, there were a lot of big runs last year. Yeah. Now that when you said that, I had not really thought about that perspective. I guess what I would hope to see is a. I don't want. I don't need a lot of that. I want to see like some consistency. Three, four yards. Here we go. Let's, right. let's be able to just. At least have a decently reliable running game, and um, and, and again, I, I you don't have to. We don't have to like the way he left or what he was doing here, but Mike Bobo is a proven play caller in the SEC, and he's known for years to be able to figure out ways to run the ball, and so that's his expertise. And so, I don't think we can discount that expertise not being in there. That's not saying nothing about anything about Coach Satterfield or him trying to feel his way around and figure out who he is as a play caller. But, you know, Coach Bobo had 14 to 15 years of being able to do that. So I think that I think that is a valuable So You, you take all of that stuff and you put it together. And uh, that kind of leads us to where we are now, I guess.
0: Let, let me get in here for another mm-hmm. one, Chris, because um, it, it's kind of it hit my memory as well, man, like when you're talking about that. Uh, Bobo, you know, people can say whatever they want about Bobo. And even even when he was hired, you know, there are some people like, this is an old school offense. You know, this, we don't want an offense from, from 15, 20 years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I that train. Well, when, when when he and I first, because we we were, you know, you start asking around when there's an opening and uh, we're like, you know, Chad Morris is available. That, you know, worked for Clemson for a little while. That might be the move. And then we start hearing, well, no, Mike Bobo is the first target. I mean, I I would readily admit it. Like me and him were like, Mike Loaf, like real, yeah. It's like that's Pete again. That's- you know, I mean, and then All you know, right, and cool. then you know, then I watched what he did last year, and you know, it was it was old school. But I'm like, this play sets up this play. This this running play looks exactly like this play action play, and. To me, with what he was working with, you know, getting the ball to Shaq Smith, with everybody knowing Shaq Smith was pretty much the the only consistent receiver option. What he did in the running game, you know, I I I left with a whole new respect of Mike same. Bobo as a coach and Very as a play same. caller. Um, and it sort of gave me this this mindset of oh, okay, that's that sort of deeper knowledge of of how to set up plays and layer plays with other plays. Had maybe been missing around here, and I, I and I kind of was like, "How many guys out there that South Carolina can go get can can give you that?" Um, so when when we first thought Bobo was staying, I know some fans were kind of like, eh, "You know, whatever." Um, I was like, "You could do way worse. You could do way, 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 way worse." Um, now you know with, with Satterfield, my th- the thing that keeps coming back to my mind is th- there's all types of different ways you can run an offense. Right. Everybody's got these different schemes and there's different ways you can approach offense and all of them can probably be successful um, in time. To me, there was like an interesting, like direct um, sort of opposing approach when I looked at Tennessee and sort of they installed this very college (laughs) offense, for lack of a better way to say it. But um, they, they went all in on the tempo thing and. To me, looking at what they were actually doing did not look like it was super complicated in how it was designed. And I looked at an offense that I said, man, their guys are playing fast. Their guys seem to understand exactly what they're doing. Um, and they kind of have an answer for whatever you're going to do. Um, it doesn't mean it's always going to be, you know, they're going to face a great defense at some point and they're going to get shut down. Right. But just looking at the two offenses, I was like, okay, the South Carolina approach has been pro style, you know, Satterfield said several times, um, you know, this is an offense that you would see in the NFL. So long term, you know, for Luke Doty or some of the guys playing in it, maybe they're going to learn a lot as far as getting them ready for the NFL. But as far as just six games into this whole new thing, it just clicking and, and looking great and, and all that, uh, that might be asking a lot because to me, what we do compared to what Tennessee is doing is just a little bit are a lot of bit more complicated.
2: <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> appears to be. It, right? it appears to be. Well, I mean, when you just see the uh, combinations, the formations, the mm-hmm. substitutions, all of those types of things. And so one of the things with tempo is that we can't we can't substitute because we're running on the field. So we pretty much have the 11, maybe there's 12, guys, maybe 13 guys. But, you know, we're running, Maybe we're probably playing upwards of like 20, Twenty-two guys on mm-hmm. offense mm-hmm. at any in any given time, which can be an advantage. It's not for us right now, and so maybe it may benefit us to kind of slow things down and get to um, get to something a little bit more basic. But it kind of it's interesting because if you watch NFL on Sunday, you know you think about Arizona and some of those other—they're like yeah. doing collegey things, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like I don't know. I don't know where that. I mean, they're probably. Obviously, they're taking things to another level with reads and yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. But a lot of those concepts are coming out of college. So I don't know. Pro
0: style maybe doesn't mean what it like. Pro style, pro style means like, Bobo.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I say pro style, I think like, you think like Bobo. Bobo, pull back. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I mean, and, and we know that you know just from what we've heard and what you see on the field. Like you said, Preston, like conceptually, there's a lot more to this offense. You know, and that could be, like you said earlier, Wes, there are a lot of reasons for the offense struggling this year, I think. Um, coming into this year, no matter who the offensive coordinator, whether it's going to be Bobo, whether it's going to be Satterfield, pick your guy, you know, one of the challenges I think this offense was always going to face was, from a player standpoint, they're not as good as they have been in the past. They're not as good relative to some other teams they're going to face on defense. So that, that's part of it. The best teams in college football have the best players. Bottom line, that's the end of it. There's, there's scheme, there's development. Those things are very important, but it does come down to players. Now, when you go past that, it's about maximizing what you have on the roster. And I think Shane Beamer, that's what he's consistently said. What's going to be a successful season? It's going to be can we maximize this team, make it the best that they possibly could be? I think that for Gamecock fans, and even for us, you cover it. Like that's the biggest disconnect. Because we also have the backdrop of last year. That run that Kevin made, which was that – that was like the epiphany of Vandy. Oh, my God, he can run, you know.
2: Yeah, because he didn't get walked down. He, yeah. He yeah. just kept running. I was like, all right, he's going to get – somebody's going to haul him, him in there no. And he just kept running. He just kept
1: going. And then we saw that more and more during the
0: season, especially against Ole Miss, you know,
2: who <laughs> was very bad. but There were several
0: runs against Ole Miss where he was not touched. He was not touched. touched.
1: And so, having that and then knowing, okay, he's back – Okay, you've got Marshawn Lloyd, former five star, you got Saquandre White, et cetera. And then, oh, by the way, you got four or five O linemen coming back. That gave everyone a reason, not to even hope, but just to think that coming into this year they'd run the ball. But what has happened instead is the base runs they haven't been able to execute. And I think that's a big problem with this offense, among other things, right? Now we could go into the why they can't execute them. You know, we could do a whole podcast on that probably. And I don't know if we'd come up with a firm answer. But that's why we've seen every week we've seen some new wrinkles of how to get the ball on the perimeter. Satterfield even admitted it. Not admitted it's probably a bad word. But this week he talked about that. We haven't been able to execute basically base runs. And that's why we're seeing Josh Van reverses. He's a leading rusher against Troy. We're seeing the juju pop passes. We're seeing some different things like that can this offense get just base
2: runs on track? That's what I would like to see this Saturday. Yeah, right. I'd like to see them be able to line up, run an inside zone, yeah. and, and kind of just run some basic things. Like whatever your spring your spring offense, whatever the yeah. offense you run in the spring game, I'd like to see them be able to line up in yeah. that and be able to go beat Vanderbilt using basic plays. It's not going to be anything fancy, but we're going to be yeah. – and we're going to execute well, we're more talented, and we should be better. Now, to me – that would make me really happy this see.
1: And I think when you can when you can do that, and not just against Vandy, let's project it to the rest of the year. Maybe that's a springboard, maybe it's not. Maybe they execute those against Vandy and then against A M, which will be a much bigger challenge. Maybe a shutdown, you know. But if you can somehow get that a little bit more, maybe the Tennessee game was a little bit of a window into they're getting better. It might maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But if that's the case, you know, that then unlocks a little bit more of your offense, you know, in terms of now your perimeter runs are even more effective. Now your passing game becomes a little bit more effective. When you can't line up and run inside zone, for instance, and it's one of your base staple runs, you either got to eliminate it, which is a problem because it's a big part of your strategy, or you got to just keep grinding away and hope it hits. And when it doesn't, that's a problem.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And that's tough as a first-year coordinator to sort of have to – so if, if the theme is Mike Bobo, he has 14 years, 15 years of experience behind him. You know, like, this is going to work eventually. Or at least I have to cache that people know I'm good at calling plays and this will work. As a first-year guy, kind of like, I got to get something – maybe start pressing a little bit because I'm like, I got to get something going because yes. – my plays aren't working, I don't have the cachet to really stick with, you know, a, a inside zone. Because to us as a fan, when you see the inside zone, it's like, oh, stupid. Why did he do that? <laughs> it, it looks it looks really bad when it doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like he just lined up and read it up to center's butt. And now, <laughs> and now and, and, you know, it's like, and you know, we're like, come on, man, call yeah. So I guess you can feel that pressure, man. I, yeah. That's a tough decision, yeah. and I don't, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what the answer to is right. to that. There, there's
0: no. We've all seen it. We've all been sitting in the stands. So there, there's nothing that creates a more audible groan than a run <laughs> up the middle for like. A loss Minus of half yard, because yeah. oh, everybody, oh, why are you running up the middle, man? And, and you know, if, if you run, if you run that thing up for seven yards, everybody's like, you know, all right, good call, you know, keep the ball on the ground. But then yeah. there, there's nothing that creates that guy that's always seems to be sitting behind me. Uh, <laughs> always, if, if you if you throw the ball, why didn't you run the ball? If you run the ball, why didn't yeah. you throw it? The, that guy always finds me in the stadium. But but seriously, a run up the middle. That will,
2: It's hard to uh, stomach. Yeah. Hard, like, oh, ah, yeah we can't, we right. can't
0: think of anything better, especially <laughs> a run up the middle on the first play of the game. Oh, so if you, dude, oh. if, I, if, I, if I was a play caller, <laughs> Never. I'm, I'm running play <laughs> no. action the can't, first play. You can't, run the, can't run a, every run a play. Single play. Game. Every single game. can't run up game. the middle on the first Yeah, play. just don't right. do it. I'm going to boot my quarterback out there, get him a little easy throw, oh, an man. option or two. But running up the middle for no – oh, God, again, again, again. And, I, you know, I wonder if it feels like the pressure – of the fan base has found its target in, in, in Satterfield right now. Yeah, like he,
2: I'm sure he feels fine. that because, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. you look that's at an the – way to put it. You look at the,
0: you know, I, I think for, for what the expectations were coming in, people look at the defense and they're like, man, Clayton White has come in, implemented his scheme. Has the defensive play been perfect? Of course not. But uh, the guys – run, you know, they, they run to the ball, they play fast, they play hard, they seem to have an understanding of what they're trying to do. Special teams has been really good. So then, what's left? You look at the offense and people are like, "Listen, and going the way I thought it would. So the it, it kind of naturally gets directed that way and, you know, the, with the output so far, I mean, it's it's fair for, for people to, fair, to, to, for say sure. it, to say that, feel that way, I think. Um, I asked Langston this. When you're watching the game, you watching the ball, or are you watching
2: the defensive line? I'm only watching the oh, defensive line, to a fault. To a fault? Yeah, it's bad. E- all
0: right, even – all
2: right, I know – <laughs> It's if, bad. If, it's bad. If Carolina's on defense,
0: you're watching the defensive line, I'm sure. If Carolina's on offense, are you still – are you watching their defense? Really? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. You just – you can't. I can't not. My eyes have to just go right there. So, I think that's why I've noticed some of the stuff that we're doing, you know, offensive line-wise. And yeah. I'm just paying attention to the other team's defensive line. I'm like, ooh. That was nice. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, he's killing. It. You know, say like some of those guys. Like, uh, Kentucky had the big dude, right? They had a big, big dude in the middle. Kentucky yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a big, oh, they big nose tackle, big, yeah. big, big, big war daddy right in the middle. <laughs> I was like, woo, he was tough.
1: Yeah, he messed some things up. Yes,
2: he, he caused some, some disruption. So yeah, <laughs> I'm watching those guys like, with a kind of like a little grin, like. Uh, you know. <laughs> so, um, all right, you're watching. You're
0: watching the D-line live. If they show a replay, will you maybe watch the ball and what happened on the replay? Or you're so, oh,
2: <laughs> That's just another it. chance to watch press the D-line. That's just another chance to see what happened here. You know, like, I mean, I'll catch the ball eventually uh, if something happens. Eventually. Yeah, I, I'll see it eventually, but it's, it's bad. Well, mo- most,
0: I feel like, casual fans are ball watchers. Uh-huh. Like, they're watching the ball the whole way. I feel like most former players I've asked generally gravitate to, like, their position, yeah. like, Quarterbacks, I feel like quarterbacks. It seems like watch if Carolina's on offense, they're watching the opposing team's defense and yeah. secondary. Like they're yeah. watching what are they in? Um, and, but yeah. you know, mo- most your average fan, they're they're watching the ball. And that's, yeah,
2: and, and, it, and that's not. I'm, and that's not even a bad way to watch football. I think that's probably the, the most entertaining yes, way. It's yes, the yes. most entertaining way to watch it. You know, you see what's going on and all that stuff's happening. Uh, Yeah, but quarterbacks have to see everything all the time. So that's how they're always watching. They're always watching the game from like a higher, mobile kind of – I don't care what coverages are. You can play whatever coverage. (laughs) but It doesn't matter to me. You're looking up front. Yeah. You know, I was watching an NFL game the other night. Uh, It was Tampa Bay. might have been last night, I think. They're on the goal line-ish, and they're running some funky blitz. And they're dropping Vita Vea back in coverage. I'm like, what are we doing? That's so silly. Like, I know that's what the what calls for, but that's just stupid. So yeah, so yeah, that's what I'm watching. So you,
1: Langston, mentioned that too about dropping back JJ and Agaré. That really bothered him.
0: Oh yeah, he's like, he's like, what? I would, I would never. He's like, I would never have JJ dropping back. Like, I might move him around and have him. Rushing from a different spot, but, but he's doing a lot. This yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, he's doing
2: yeah. doing that a lot yeah. this
0: year. He's had a great year. I uh, think, yes, man, I absolutely. think he's had an outstanding
2: year. They're, they've been doing that a lot, but yeah, that's probably one of my pet peeves too. I'm <laughs> like, no, oh, that's that dude's a first round dude, not for covering, not not for covering the flats. Remember they did that with Clowney, some. Yeah, yeah. Yes. About we're gonna move Clowney around.
1: Maybe against college offensive tackles, let's let Clowney get yeah. to the quarterback. Yeah, anyway. I don't know
2: because you know the way the defense is designed. You know, you have to have somebody that's filling that. Sure. Yeah, but DJ, they used to do with DJ a lot too. DJ yeah, Walker, yeah. And I'll yeah. be like,
0: um, I feel like they did it with him more than any of them. They yeah. had some of those plays where he's just defending the flat. Yeah. yeah. And I'm he's not like, like, covering somebody. I'm like,
2: covering the grass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. the thing is, the thing is, if he gets out there and, uh, running back gets the ball with him one-on-one. Yeah, with some space. What's, what's going to happen? He's yeah. going to get shook. You know yeah. He's not going to make that tackle. So, it's like, yeah. That, that bothers you. Stumbling upon a pet peeve. Yeah, yeah. I, Hit, I like that. So, it so like who's it.
1: the best – who have you been – it's kind of on the spot. You might not be able to remember, but best defensive lineman that out there on face this year. Obviously, big nose tackle. From yeah, Kentucky I thought that guy from over.
2: Kentucky. That's, he's the first one that sort of yeah. sticks out in, in my mind. I thought he was really – he was really good. Um, he was. What do you think of the big guy from Georgia? Uh, Jordan Davis? Yeah. Matt just, Yeah, he's kind of
0: – Well, their whole, whole line Yeah, I mean, because
2: you can pick any of them out. Of it. The thing about Davis, he plays like a hoodie on him. What is that? You, have you noticed that? It's not like – I don't know. It's like a – I think it's like a hoodie he plays up with underneath his pants. I don't, know. I don't know. That's weird. That's different. Protect his body from himself. He's so big. <laughs>
1: I don't know. But, I mean, you got – I mean, j they put in – I mean, they put in Jalen Carter, I think eighty-eight, uh, as a fullback in one of their goal line yes. packages, and I, I, yeah. I don't know the status of the player that he blocked, but I'm yeah. worried about him because he destroyed. Because Jordan him.
2: Davis kind of went in there; he didn't really block anybody, but eighty-eight, he, just he, he was like, "Oh, this is my chance." They probably told him,
0: you know, if, you block,
2: "If you block, if you block, it might give you the ball, so you you might get <laughs> yeah. it. Maybe one drink, yeah." <laughs> it's like, You've lost, right? And you might get the ball one Mike, day. The the keyword, Mike. Oh, yeah, that's always. Did you get to
1: carry it in practice or game?
2: Yeah. I did. I had uh, two carries for six yards in JV football. Oh, <laughs> I still by Carolina. Okay, you no. went back on me. <laughs> JV right. football. Two carries for six yards. It was my my three each, through. or
1: was one six and one zero? I think it was probably a solid like square
2: <laughs> three each, if I remember. Hey, correctly.
1: three yards in a cloud of dust. That's exactly that's, what, uh, <laughs> That's exactly what it was. There you go. Yeah, man. Got you. The, got you to third and four. You yeah. You're ready to go? Yeah, that, that is awesome,
0: man. Um, we know. You know.
2: We did have a. Uh, I was like one on that first when they first started putting in like that three bears kind of punt scheme. You know where they put the kind of like the three personal protectors. Yeah, yeah. I, we, we would want to. We were one of the first teams to really start doing that, but. And y'all been following Gamecock football a long time. So it was me, Rod Wilson, and George Goss. Oh. You're Nate not gonna George. hurt my feelings to figure out like who's the least athletic out of those three. <laughs> and somehow they designed a play where I was gonna be the guy to get the fake punt. Oh. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> it's like, clearly you have two dudes that are gonna play in the league. They're free athletes. I'm a one technique. <laughs> I don't think I would draw this up for me to be the guy carrying the ball, but we ran it at practice and no it, success. Mm-mm. Really, mm-hmm. they
1: kind of scrap it. Scrap it. Oh man, you should have just taken it, and handed it to one of us <laughs> That would have been great. <laughs> Here, no.
2: Here, Ron, you'd be a real athlete to go run the ball.
0: Put us all the lunatic Lou after you did that, though. I feel <laughs> like just went went on your uh, went on your own with that. I, I remember though when Carolina started using that punt formation, yeah, and right. I was like.
2: What yeah, it was that, I it have was not like, seen it this, something before. crazy. Yeah, was that you know where that came? Like, was that I don't know if it was hit like lose creation, but <laughs> we were really early in the game on that for sure. Um, and I'm almost seems like almost everybody uses now. some version of it now. Yeah, yeah, Today. it's, it's taking off. Have y'all noticed something? And I, I couldn't figure out if I was watching my TV wrong, but like people are snapping at a angle. I, so I noticed that Texas A yeah. and M, you talking about our a, team's doing that? Yeah,
0: I, mean, I don't know what it is, but or yeah, field goals. yeah. yeah. I, I saw um, the holder for Texas A and M was like, and I and I did the same thing. I was like, am am I looking at this? Like, is, is something wrong with my brain? First of all, uh, you know, but the the holder was like squared up or something. He had his leg behind him, and it w- it was at a very it was on the the one when they beat Alabama. Yeah. That kick, the holder Short was kick. at a
2: very weird. Like he was, it it wasn't straight on. It didn't. I I couldn't figure out what was going. Like it looked like it was like, I don't know.
0: I I don't. It may have been. I I just know I noticed the way he was. The way he had his feet. It looked different. It it was it was weird. It was very different. Uh, But it is funny how in football, something will be done the exact same way for for decades, and then somebody comes up with some new little wrinkle on how to do something, and then. Everybody else says, "I might want to try that." Yeah. And then, and then sometimes it, it takes off. Yeah, um,
2: that's just how things are done. From that point forward, it's int- Yeah, that is interesting.
0: I, yeah, I, I remember that that formation. Yeah. Um, man,
2: the uh, oh,
0: what did you think of uh, Trey Jones, forty-four yeah. the offensive lineman, I mean, gets some time that. at at fullback. I'm sure he's
2: living the dream. I'm sure he's living the dream, man. I Yeah, if you want to get on the field, I, I, any way possible. I, I, and maybe, I mean,
1: is that a a workaround to some of the the running issues inside. You know, I think even with the inside run issues I, I mentioned earlier, we, we could do a whole hour or more on those. Why? But one thing that we do know is Satterfield said he wanted to do more under center going into this year. Then Luke gets hurt. Right. So then you don't really want a guy under center necessarily when he's just coming off this foot injury for a lot of reasons. Drops, get stepped on, whatever. They put in that formation. Seemed very smart to me. Trey Jones, well, you remember how athletic the dude was in high school. Abbeville guy. Played some HVAC type stuff in high school. Really athletic. What did he run at Carolina's camp? Four six nine. 9 I yeah.
0: think. Yeah, he ran. He, yeah. he was a camp offer. In, yeah. One of those in-state guys that you say, oh, we want to look at him. Yeah. Comes in, runs a blistering time they, <laughs> super see, he's like a, a shorter guy for offensive line yeah. standards but that's interesting um, see
2: I don't I didn't have any of the, any of that background so that makes a little bit more sense for sure
1: yeah you know future center is what he was envisioned as coming into Carolina like West said a little undersized but a, a great athlete so I think that made a lot of sense and they said over you know Satterfield said maybe Luke even addressed it they're going to do some more of that and so could that help you know the inside run. We, they got to establish the inside run somehow.
2: Well, so I guess they were they were maybe gonna try and get by with the with uh, Jaheim playing, yeah, playing yeah. fullback. And we've seen some yeah. of that, and he's seen some of that. And I don't, I mean, I haven't watched practice, but Jaheim seems like a receiving first tight end type of guy. You're yeah. not saying that he doesn't block or doesn't want to sure. block, but it's a little bit different mentality blocking somebody at tight end where you just you know uh, as opposed to going straight forward on a an ISO or something like that. And Trey and, and Trey found somebody
1: on one of those plays and mashed him. And, and if that's
2: some, <laughs> and, and if, if you can find somebody that enjoys doing that, yeah, yeah. roll with it. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we so maybe will Yeah. Maybe we'll I would love to see that. I'd love to see us line up in some type of I uh, twenty one and just mash Vanderbilt. That that'd be great. Yeah.
0: Wanamaker getting some time at right yeah. tackle. He
2: mashed somebody,
0: too. I, I like that kid, man. Like, I, I know in recruiting, I like that kid a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, from uh, Calhoun County, uh, you know, there was, there was going to be a little jump up, you know, for him as far as uh, getting ready for SEC play. But uh, he played basketball in high school, athletic kid, can run the floor. Um, I I think we're going to see a little bit more of Wanamaker mixed in uh, this week as well because they, they got some of those young offensive linemen. It seems like they're trying to – find ways to involve the guys who they feel like are earning time in, in practice. And I, you know, as much as there's been negative talk about the offense, I love the Trey Jones wrinkle last yeah. week. I think, I think especially when you're, if you're in those situations where the other team knows you're going to run the football, you know, third and goal, you know, at the two or, uh, you know, fourth and one, third and one type situations. Um, I, I love having that aspect because you probably do, you, you're not going to go play action and, and flip the ball out to Trey Jones more than likely in the flat. So I think the opponent sort of knows when he comes in, uh, you're taking away one of your five eligible receivers. But if it's a situation where they already know you need to run the football anyway, I like having that, that extra girth, a little extra attitude, and a, a team that really doesn't have a true fullback. Anyway, yeah. it would be one thing if you had Pat DiMarco – Uh, You know, still lining up at fullback, but they they don't really have a a true fullback right now anyway. So I I think, uh, you know, if if we're going to be harsh on everything else, let's give credit that that was a kind of smart, uh, sharp idea, in in my opinion. Um, I I don't want to get away from us, man, because we're we're getting towards the end. Uh, Preston, what is going on with teacher appreciation day at the the game tomorrow afternoon?
2: Yeah, so, excuse me. So this will be our third year doing Teacher Appreciation Day at the game. And we have, from last year because of COVID, we weren't able to do it last year. So we have, as of our last check, we had 32 district teachers of the year. So we're inviting the district teachers of the year to come. And we'll have them tour the indoor facility, take them in there, take some pictures and everything. And then they'll be honored at, uh, I think it's at, maybe at some break point during the first quarter. It really is just for all the, you know, all obviously the district teachers of the year are exemplary teachers in that area, but they represent so many teachers who do a, a amazing work every day around, around the state. And that's one of the things we were really fortunate to be able to travel around the state and just see how many people are really putting in work with, you know, your kids or your cousins or your nephew or whoever. And uh, so that's just our, our, our way of sort of, uh, honoring them and giving them a little time to shine.
0: And uh, I said it the other day, shout out to my mom. She, is in her
2: 40th year. Uh, this, Warrior. This is her last year. Warrior. She
0: is, uh, she is retiring after this year. So. How she
2: feel? Is She kind of like, I, I've always heard the teachers are like, you know, they're like, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then like, as the year goes on, they're like, I, don't know. I,
0: I I think she is finally ready because she, for probably the last five years, it, every every single year, we we're all sort of like going back. She's like, "Yeah, I'm going back." You know, it's just but she she's been at the same school for pretty for most of the 40 years. So that's awesome. uh, you know, and it's it's five minutes from my parents' house. Uh, that I mean, that's that's literally what she has done yeah. for that entire stretch. So um, luckily, she actually. Uh, teaches piano at the house as well she has some uh, some students that come so she can so get, a have, she can get a her fits. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think that will help because she's a music teacher anyway so uh, she's got uh, she's got her like five students I think that come during the week um, so she'll have she'll have a little
2: outlet for that but wait I'm, wait, wait 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 you skipped you skip the lead here so what's Mitchell no nothing uh, that's what I was gonna ask because I, I the wasn't musical talent is that yeah yeah. Piano anything.
0: I mean, I, I'll be honest. When I when I was a kid, like I, I took piano lessons, yes. but you know, sang in church growing up. Uh, I mean, I love music, but it was funny. This guy walking by earlier asked me and Chris if we were the band, and I was just like, <laughs> I was like, no, nah, man, you keep walking. Don't want you, us. You don't. You do not want that. I don't know. It never. I've always loved music as far as listening to music, going mm-hmm. to concerts, but I I did. It didn't. And my my grandpa was was actually. Uh, my grandpa uh, helped create bluegrass festivals back really, in the day, really? and created one in Myrtle Beach that's literally still going on to this that's day. Cool, um, so it, it's always been in my family. She can play like any instrument, but me personally, it, it's not pretty. Not, good. not pretty, it's the, it's but it never. I, you know what? It's kind of one of those things that never. I always uh, probably because watching like my cousins play sports, I always like sports were what like grabbed me. Like I, baseball was my sport, and the big reason was watching the Braves on TV all the time. And because I watched my older cousin play baseball, I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. So you have to, if you're going to be really talented at something like that, um, A, you have to kind of have that just drive to do it. And B, let's go full circle. You have to have a teacher or mentor, you know, who yeah, who really, sure. uh, you know, grabs you and, and helps mold you in, in those areas. And I certainly, you know, would have had that if I had wanted to go that direction. But I don't know. I didn't get the
2: just natural. All right, I was just 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 curious. What about, what about you? No, I love music, and I think part of the reason I love music is because I'm I'm not musically inclined at all. <laughs> I, you know, like I have <laughs> very little. Yeah, shower in the car. That's where I. Yes, that's why I do yes. all my singing, and <laughs> that's that's about it, it. out yeah. a little, but bit. I, I mean, I love music. I I'll probably music is, I guess, because I played so much sports, and so music is more intriguing to me. Yeah, because yeah. when I watch when I watch so when I'm watching football, I can figure some things out, but when I watch a musician play, it's like magic. I'm like, oh, how did do that? How did you do that? I can't figure that out. So, but yeah, I love I love music, for sure, for sure.
1: Musical talents? Any? I, I don't want to say I'm talented. I, I dabble a little bit. Like uh, my dad was a musician. He played in a band in high school he had a guitar what's
0: up, growing up oris, oris lambert
2: what's up, man? how you doing former gamecock over here joining us
0: what's up man how you doing yeah yeah I'm, yeah.
2: How you um, doing, man? yeah yeah but a
1: little bit you know play some guitar still play drums a little bit yeah singing no, no singing, singing. No, right, i got
2: you I got i'm it. not a good singer i think
1: i'm in the shower <laughs> my kids make
2: fun of me you know, that's for sure for sure yeah. but yeah man teacher teacher appreciation man it's it's a it's a good day we'll have 30, 31 32 plus their guests and they can come out there and it'll be honored it'll be a big good time. I'm excited. About it.
0: Tell tell them uh when, when the third book coming man? I, I know that's a little bit to be determined. I understand, but soon, is that? Yeah, but soon-ish? that's
2: so that's so vague, though. Man, I hate I hate what people say vague things. <laughs> so we were really we were really close um but kind of crazily uh, along with everything else, we kind of got getting caught up in the Shortages that, yeah, that's yeah, going around, yeah. so you just don't you don't think about like paper has to be sent from here to there. And unfortunately, we are we are going to be printing in Colombia, so we'll be we won't have any shipping problems with that. Um, but there was like some some hold up with ink and something like that. But we're closer than we are further. And but I, well, I don't have a date though. And that, that bothers me. I don't because I don't yeah. like people. Like, oh, it's coming soon. Yeah. Well, all right. Let me let me ask it like this you excited about the new book, man. I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. I think it's the best one we've done. Okay. I do. I know every artist is like, oh, it's the new one. It's the new. No, but I think this is really good.
0: How much did you learn about the process from doing it the first time?
2: Tremendous amount. Tre- I mean, again, learn a difference in fonts. A lot of times dealing with Kevin, he's like, that's not going to work. We're like, why not? And he's like, because it's. Such a such font. I'm like, and then he's like, "Well, you want to pick from these 233 fonts? Like, I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know what that is. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, we've learned a we've learned a lot, man. Paperweight? Do you want this kind of paper? The sheen on the paper? Do you, I don't know. It's way good? It's, it's yeah. like anything. There's way more to everything than you than you think.
1: That when you said like music was magic to you, like that's how I am with Kev and stuff like talking to him I like to just talk to him because he's got such a different perspective and eye like when you talk to him about like a person like look at that person he'll come up with these descriptors for him like well they have a square jaw and like you know like stuff like that and I'm like stuff you never notice you you don't notice and you definitely can't Think about it, you know? For sure. You definitely can't draw it. You definitely can't draw it. Draw I can't it. even conceptualize it, like how he thinks about it. He just got that different kind of eye.
2: Yeah, and a lot of times it will just go from, like, yeah, man, make it look like this. And likes him to draw like a stick figure. <laughs> and like, yeah, and then Kevin, I got you, and it'll oh, okay, turn yeah. it into magic. It's, like, it's crazy. Yeah, so let's tell Preston,
1: we need to get you hooked up with Dead Soxy. Indeed. I know, I know you're a sock guy.
2: I am a sock guy.
1: Deadsoxy.com, D E A D S O X Y.com. The Spur line, the college line, uh, men's, women's, athletics, no-shows, all with the buttery soft field and the patented no-slip technology. You can go to deadsoxy.com and get 25% off your entire
0: order with the promo code cocky. Good job, Chris. Thank you, sir. We're we, going we to get Tristan okay. hooked up
2: uh, yeah. with some
0: socks. All right, y'all, that's it. Uh, that's it for this week for GC Live. Hopefully, hey, if you can go to the game, go to the game. Like, I saw – I'm, I'm going to get on my – my little cart here for a second again and complain. I saw somebody complaining, I don't got anywhere to park this week, man, because the fair. Look, the weather is freaking amazing right now. We're all going to be out there. You might bump into us hanging out at the game. But, dude, how many – you get seven a year, take your kids to the fair, go have some fried Oreos, um, whatever you know, fried cookie dough, fried butter, fried what – they got anything you could want at the fair. Go by the fair, get some food. Don't count the calories. Go enjoy <laughs> the day and watch your Gamecocks get a, an SEC victory. Uh, we only get seven a year, so
2: enjoy it, appreciate it. Yeah, and just remember how we didn't have this last year. You know, what I'm we, saying? Did like, not. we didn't yes. have these opportunities, uh, so I think that's important for you. Like, go enjoy these opportunities with your family, with your friends, because we don't get them very often. That's right. Well, we, we get caught up uh,
0: as a group, as, as the collective Gamecock Nation, complaining about this and that, and this and that, it is still supposed to be enjoyable to go watch the game. So let's go out there, maybe have some beverages, hang out with our friends and family, and have a good time tomorrow. And uh, the Gamecocks should, I firmly believe, get their first uh, SEC victory of the year. For Preston, for Chris, I'm Wes, this is GC Live. Appreciate Market on Maine for hosting us here, and we'll see you all on Monday. Y'all enjoy the game tomorrow.